Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavar Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. This Bike Life podcast is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Whether you're shipping for a trip or after a sale, whatever your shipping needs, Bike Flights makes it easy. Take advantage of Bike Flights convenient residential pickups and they'll come and get your shipment directly from your home or wherever you're staying. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Now on to the show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Bike Life. And as always, we love to feature the stories of our touring cyclists and hosts that are part of the Warm Showers community. And today is going to be amazing. You're going to love it. I have Natalie Izzo with me, and she is going to be sharing her wild and wonderful experiences on tour. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I loved it. Our first conversation, um, I giggled and laughed and I could visualize all this wonderful type of experiences that you had. And this was in 2018, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So let's hear about a little bit about what made you want to go on tour and we'll get into the specifics after that. Yeah, um, I have always really loved cycling. Um, I really got the bug bitten when I was in college. Um, my partner and I would go on a lot of bike rides together and we went on a couple weekend tours too. And, um, yeah, that was really when it all began. I would go on really long rides by myself afterwards, um, after I graduated and I had some friends who had gone on long distance tours and loved it. And I was like, Oh man, if they could do it, I totally can do it. And I was just really looking at that point to do something that was really different and just like go out of my comfort zone and the timing worked out. I made it work out so that I could Mm -hmm. then take the few months off to, yeah, go on the cross country trip. So where did you tour and for how long? So I started in Anacortes, Washington, and I went cross country to Bar Harbor, Maine, um, and took about three months. Amazing. And that was at what period of time in 2018? So it started, um, beginning of June through beginning of September. Love it. And what was prep like for you? Um, prep was, I was like making sure I had all the right gear. Um, I was able to just kind of like find things around that worked. Um, in terms of training, I didn't actually do a whole lot of training. I just like would go commute around town on my bicycle, which I kind of considered as training. I went on two rides that had my bike fully loaded up about 20 miles each and that was that was the training. Um, yeah, I got my maps. I got. I just made sure I had everything that um, I needed to make sure I could camp too. And yeah, just that was pretty much it. Getting the gear and doing a little bit of mental and a bit of physical preparation too. Yeah, and you mentioned that you bought most of your gear secondhand or found things that you already had on hand, so you didn't go out and buy all kinds of new expensive gear. Yeah, that's correct. Um, the bike that I used was the bike that I've had since I was 12 years old. Um, and so I, I used a couple of, I had to get some parts of it replaced too, like the front fork. So that way I could add a front rack. 
Um, but the front rack, my bags, those were all either gifts from people that are, that I've acquired over the years, or I bought them off of Craigslist. Um, yeah, people who knew who I was going, like someone gave me a bike Jersey that I wore the entire time. Hmm. Um, and I've, I hike and backpack too. So a lot of like the camping stuff, like my tent and sleeping bag, um, and the stove I was able to use. Um, the one thing that I bought brand new that I was really happy was a little camping pillow and that Mm. saved me. I was really glad to have had that on the trip. Yeah. Nice. Now, why a bike Jersey? Um, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, like talk, talk about, talk about the Jersey. Cause we talk, we hear about jerseys a lot. We talk about them um, internally a lot and we would love to offer a warm showers bike Jersey. So stay tuned, everybody that's listening. We would love to have that. But what, you know, why, why did you wear the bike Jersey every day? Um, part of it was just kind of felt like it was my uniform. I was like, I put it on. I was like, all right, now I'm ready to go. Now I'm ready to hit Uh. the road. Um, and then also the friend who gave it to me, I just, it was a good connection to her too. Um, and just kind of like reminding me of the people who were thinking of me back home too on my trip. Um, and also it was nice because it zipped so I could like have it cover up as me as much as it needed to, but also for like airflow, I could unzip it a little bit as well. More so than if I was just wearing like a t-shirt or, um, Mm. yeah, a different shirt. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea that you rode your bike that you had had since you were 12. That is absolutely (laughs) incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, and so let's talk a little bit about your trip itself. So, um, I, I introduced you as having wild and wonderful stories. And so share some of your experiences on tour. Uh, I like the one about sleeping in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was definitely a memorable night. Um, so that was in, oh, gosh, eastern Montana, North Dakota. Um, and I had had a series of bad storms and the night before that, actually, I was yeah camping out and the storm was really, really bad. And then I ended up taking shelter in a neighboring family's RV. And that really shook me up. And then I heard the next day that there was going to be another really big storm. I was like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. There was no motel or anywhere for like a 20 mile radius. I was like, I, I don't really want to keep biking longer. So I ended up calling the sheriff and he said that if he I, I could stay in the bathroom for the night but to not start in the bathroom at the at, at night just to like set up camp but if I really need to then move into the bathroom so I was like okay so I set up my camp and at like one between one and three a.m the storm started whipping up the winds and I was just in my head I was like all right it's go time and I just like jumped out of my tent lifted everything up I lost part of my sleeping bag in the process like a little sleeping insert and I just threw it inside the bathroom and I started huddling up in there and then I heard a knock on the door and the sheriff had come to check on me to make sure I was okay. Um, so yeah, he said it was totally fine for me to sleep in there. And I thought it was really nice that he checked on me. And yeah, that was my experience sleeping in the bathroom. And it was very warm and dry <laughs> and comfortable. That's hilarious. And it's very nice that you had support to stay in that location. Yeah, no, it was really nice to have that. Um, I feel like someone was looking out for me there too. So walk us through the beginning of your tour. Like what was it like when you first got started? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, well, so my family dropped me off in Anacortes and I, as I was going, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Kind of felt like I was going to throw up and like cry at the same time. (laughs) But I was like, all right, I got to go. 
Um, and actually, it was really nice because my mom was able to camp with me for the first couple days. So she met for me, uh, met me in two, two nights in two different spots. Um, but oh man, just even a hundred miles in, I started meeting cyclists. I met one cyclist, Greg, who was doing the same route as I was, a little modified, um, and we ended up cycling together for quite a few weeks. Um, and then a couple of others, one couple who we were with for a bit, and then this other another cyclist who crossed um, the Cascades with as well. So I really felt that sense of the cycling community pretty immediately. Mm. And that definitely eased some of my um, concerns and fears. Uh, And I'm, I'm from Washington originally. So crossing the Cascades and being able to ride a route that I had spent a bunch of time on was just really special and a really amazing way to begin the trip too. Mm, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so as the fear started to kind of wind down and you were in it, what was it like getting used to the amount of um, physical output each day? Um, yeah, the first week I feel like was definitely the hardest. Um, I, yeah, I think that that ended up being a bit of a transition, but not as totally hard as I thought it would be. I thought I would be just totally dead and spent. And I guess some days I was, but yeah, I feel like after the first week, um, that part of, of the, the route too, it's like you, you have a mountain pass pretty much every day. So it's a really good training in that case. So I feel like after the first couple mountain passes, I was like, okay, I think, I think I can do this. Um, yeah. And I definitely, I definitely was sore. Um, but I don't know, every part of the trip too, and the physical exertion is so different too. Cause that's so different than if you're going into headwinds and if it's totally flat or if it's like a really short, steep hill too. So I feel like it was a good base training, but I can't say yeah, you know, every every little bar, yeah. part of the trip was totally different too. Right, right. Okay, so you made it through your first few days, and then what happened? Yeah, then I was um, just going going out there. Um, I, yeah, I think my so my family was able to meet me one more time out east in eastern Washington, and then um, I ended up staying with the cyclist Greg for quite a bit. Went through Idaho, and then going through Western Montana, which was absolutely magnificent too. Um, and after Western Montana, I was pretty, I was pretty much on my own for quite a bit. Didn't really see many other cyclists, um, was able to you know, do quite a bit of camping in city parks too. Um, and just get a very, really good feel for what the great plains are like. Mm-hmm. Um, Montana is a very big state. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then I, yeah, I feel like I got to know Montana really well. Um, so yeah, it was just really just experiencing it as you do on a bike, just being really in the midst of it all. So tell us about the story when you foraged for food. (laughs) Oh yeah. So that was in, um, in Wisconsin. Um, I was met by a host who, um, she had, um, I guess she's a big cyclist too. And she and her husband have, um, have a farm and they were really avid, um, I guess like gardeners too and foragers. So yeah, one of the coolest experience definitely was when um, we had a meal together and she, the meal was entirely created of things that she and her husband had either um, gardened or foraged for or hunted. Um, So we had like venison and green beans that they had grown and wild rice that they had harvested, which I thought was really cool because I, yeah, I've I've never had homegrown um, or home foraged wild rice before. And I think that was another really just like experience where you're like, oh, wow, like I, I really feel like I'm in Wisconsin now because I'm having this food that's just so 
from the land. Mm. And then also like when you're cycling too, and then all the raspberry bushes are around and that's like, was also part of the Wisconsin, especially being able to have those roadside snacks. That's nice. So it sounds like you had a lot of <clears throat> warm shower stays along the way that created great connections for you. And I believe you've kept in touch with many of them. I, yeah, I've been able to, um, I sent a lot of quite a few postcards afterwards and some of them, yeah, it was really nice just to hear from, especially some of the folks who weren't necessarily warm showers, but who had invited me into their homes Mm. or I just connected with one reason or another. Um, and I was able to have their address and send them cards and I, yeah, there's one experience in particular in, um, Rudyard, Montana, just this tiny town, um, in Eastern Montana and I pulled in and it was the first night I was camping in a city park by myself. Um, but there was a big softball tournament of in the town that weekend. And, um, this one farmer who was really concerned about me and he said, Oh, if I knew you were coming, I would invite you to stay at my home. Um, but he came to check on me the next morning before I left. And yeah, he, I sent him a postcard and he said, you know, next time you come here, you'll stay with me. You, you'll got to come for the softball mm. tournament and um, yeah, you don't have to bike in. You can cu- take it by, tr- take it the train or <laughs> drive in. Nice. But yeah, it was really nice. Nice. Yeah. And how did you end up on the news? <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service and on-time delivery with every shipment and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every bike flight's shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. And how did you end up on the news? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so this was in, um, in Fargo. I are a little bit west of Fargo. I had been pulled into a campsite for the night and was just kind of hanging out. And a family was there. And, you know, they, they asked questions. Oh, like, where are you going? And I told them where, and they're like, where did you start? And I told them where, and, um, it came out that, um, the guy, Doug, he worked for the local radio station and he was like, oh man, this is so cool. I am going to put you in touch with this radio show and I'll also get put you in touch with a local news station. So the next day, as I was, um, I stopped for a second breakfast somewhere and I had all these messages on my phone, these voicemails. And it was, yeah, the radio host wanted me to call in later that morning. And then the next day I was going to meet up with um, the news anchor so he could interview me then too. So yeah, I made it, made it on the news in the Fargo, Fargo area, um, radio and TV. And it was really, really fun. That's amazing. And didn't somebody recognize you? Yeah. Um, so I, I um, got into... Fargo, um, pretty, like pretty early on the Saturday morning. And I, um, had like, was just walking around and then, um, this guy was saw me on my bike and he's like, Oh, like, like, where are you going? And I told him, he's like, Oh, that's so funny. I heard someone on the radio that was talking about that. And I, and then I was like, Oh yeah, that's me. And then he was like, what? No way. And he like <laughs> kind of looked around to see if anyone else was there. And then no one else was. And he was just like, Oh, well, I really hope you have a great trip. Like, thank you. So that was, yeah, 
really funny experience. Interesting too. synchronicity and, you know, a little bit exciting for them to see somebody on the radio that they get to meet in person. Mm-hmm. They get, yeah. they, get to, they got to share on your journey, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the last story I want you to share, which I think is hilarious, is about your dream about the chameleon. Oh, yeah. This is a little bit more of my, I guess, more of an out there um, moment. We like, out, yeah, we like I, out there here, so feel free. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, I um, was in Michigan, and I just, I had this dream, and all I remember about this dream was like this flashing, really colorful chameleon, and I woke up, and I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then the next day, as I was biking along Highway 2 in Michigan, I saw a beanie baby on the side of the road. It was face down. It's like... I think I know what it's going to be. And I picked it up and it was a chameleon. And I was like, oh, mm. did I, what just happened there? And that, yeah, I don't know. My sister um, says, you know, it's like manifestation. I don't really know. I just knew it was weird. And I just knew I had to take the Beanie Baby. So Calvin stayed with me for the rest of the trip and currently lives on my nightstand too. That's, that's just amazing and hilarious. I think that's funny. And I also think it's also confirmation that you're on the right path. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, okay, so talk to us a little bit about your challenges. I know that it wasn't always an easy trip, that there were times of frustration and difficulties. So let's talk a little bit about what that was like for you. Yeah, um, I kept a list actually of the emotional breakdowns that I had, um, which weren't many, but yeah, just the ones that were really noticeable. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, this is hard. Um, yeah, I... What felt pretty lonely sometimes too. I really valued going on the trip by myself, but I think part of the challenge um, of being a cyclist too is you don't you don't really quite fit in on the road because it's built for cars, but then it's also hard. You can't go on the sidewalk because that's built for pedestrians. So you occupy this weird middle zone. So when yeah, you could just feel pretty out of place being on the road for so long, um, and especially not meeting very other many other cyclists and spending so much time the day by myself. So I definitely feel like that was a struggle. And there were a couple of times that hit really hard. Um, yeah, especially like in, in that great plains region, I remember feeling that especially, um, the, yeah, I think that sometimes the winds would just be, oof, like there were the ones when it's right in your face too. And I feel like that kind of accentuated some of the other feelings that I had too, of just, um, if I already felt lonely, then that was definitely going to make it feel worse. Mm. And yeah. And then, um, I would say those are probably the biggest challenges. Um, definitely feeling, feeling lonely, um, on the trip. And how did you overcome those feelings? Um, well, it was nice. Or work through them, I should say. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if fully overcame it. Um, I, you know, I think it definitely helped actually having like a little mascot beanie baby once I did find it and just like Mm -hmm. having like a little face or something to like to be there, even if it's inanimate, it was still really nice to have that. Um, And also just like recognizing that I wasn't, I wasn't totally like remote. I could call people if I wanted to also, which was nice. And I definitely took advantage of that. And something also that I really remember and every little like high five or thumbs up that I got just made such a difference to me. Um, so if, whether I was having a good day or a hard day, I really took those all to heart. And if I was having a tough time, just looking back on those moments, either the course of the day or the week, I was like, wow, like, you know, people who maybe have no idea what I'm doing, if just like out of the side of the car, give a thumbs up. Like, I feel like having that feeling like people were like supporting me too. was really nice. Yeah. Was that mostly people driving in cars? 
Um, quite a few people driving in cars. I remember one um, young girl was out for a run on a really hot day and she was running past me and she was just like, you got this. And she was already out of breath. I was like, wow, like that's, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was quite a few people in cars or even, um, just at stores I would stop at too. people, um, in the store or outside of it. Nice. Yeah. That's always really helpful. Cause you're seeing you're you, you know, you're getting a little bit of interaction and acknowledgement that you're doing something that is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what advice would you have for someone who um, is feeling nervous about that loneliness on their, their tour? What advice would you have for them to be able to work through it or anticipate it in advance? Um, I'd say, like, it's definitely normal to feel that way. And, like, it's, it's going to come and go. But I think also maybe I assuming that one has cell phone or Internet service or just, be, like, scheduling, like, a call or two, even just down somewhere down the line, we were like, okay, I know I can talk to this person. Um, I brought a journal with, with me and I journal every night anyway. And I feel like that's also really helpful just to like work through anything I'm thinking about. Um, yeah. And then I think like I, it really worked for me finding that beanie baby, but like if that's something or if like bringing like photos along too, I don't, everyone has something different that they, um, like, like to have along. And also I think being really open to making those connections on the road. Cause I feel like being alone and sometimes being lonely really opened up then other opportunities for me to connect with people either, um, as hosts or just eating lunch somewhere. And I think being really open to that is super helpful. Right. Good advice. Very good advice. And and keeping I really like what you said about being open to new connections because that's part of the the wonder of the journey. Mhm. So yeah, what's definitely. next? Do you have any plans to do another tour or hosting? Like what's happening oh, for the future yeah. of Natalie? Oh, I would love to um go on another tour again. My mom and I have actually been talking about um so Maybe when I when I turn thirty, then um, going on a tour doing the Trans America Trail from Virginia to Oregon. Um, so it'll be in a couple of years from now. But in the meantime, um, I'm really hoping to do a um, like fall trip um, in in Vermont too. I'm currently in Vermont at the moment, and I definitely want to host. I know things are kind of iffy right now with mm-hmm. um, coronavirus, but yeah, I, I'm really hoping to get on the hosting um, circuit too. Well, we love it that you're willing to come on and share your story because you are, um, you know, you wrote as a single female, you're young, and a lot of times people see the cycling community that we're in as a lot of older white men, mm-hmm. and I love that you are showing the perspective that anybody can tour, right? It doesn't matter your level of experience, your age, doesn't you know matter your the fanciness of your gear and that all emotions that you experience on your trip are normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that, I mean, there definitely has to be a certain level of preparedness and like money and time that one has to take off, but you don't need to have a bunch of fancy gear. You don't need to have the, the newest gadgets or anything. Um, and even if it's just for a couple of days, like anything that you do, I feel like is just, is so, so good and so fun to do as well. Yeah, amazing. Well, Natalie, is there a place that people can find you if they want to connect with you? Is there something, do you have social media or a blog that you would like to share? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Um, my Instagram name, it, my name is Natalie Hope, you could find, but also the the handle or the tag is N-I-Z-Z-O dot Hope, H-O-P-E. And yeah, 
come find me. I have pictures of my trip from there and reach out. I'd be happy to chat about cycling or anything else. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming and sharing your your fun stories and for being a part of our community. And we hope to stay in touch. Let us know when you do another tour. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. This episode of Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Check out their boxes from the small to the large, which is suited for any type of bicycle, whether it's a children's bike, medium-sized bike, fully assembled bike, e-bike, and any other type of gear that you have. Go to BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers in order to check out the boxes and book your next shipment. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.